0: Bienvenidos a La Daily Hustle, soy Enrique Barnes, y presidente de su mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito San Diaguito, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels, as he is known in Savannah. But, dead or alive, job or no job, we properly salute our boy yes 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 whoo remember this folks when we are juiceful we are useful and when we are juiceless we are fucking useless simple as that a very pleasant good morning to you on the fourth day of october 2023 where'd my coffee go whoo okay Now I'm ready to roll. So I have mentioned to you guys that for a long time, and it was actually after I wrote the effort list, life lessons from a human crash test dummy. We started this blog, the daily hustle blog and over the month of September. And I just figured this out by the way, because I looked at it yesterday. So the entire month of September, there was one sent out the late August. I completely ignored it. Now, It also coincided with the exact time when we started going out to all these different platforms. We used to just record this on No Filter Network, and that was it. But as we went to the 17 different platforms, including Caffeine TV, Bleed Podcast Network, as well as Fubo TV, then... At that point, I started putting some more focus on this, and the Daily Hustle blog got put to the side for a minute. Now, the whole concept and idea of the blog was that after I wrote the book, I made a commitment that this isn't just a one-time sort of thing. This is a lifestyle. And for us to have success in life, no matter what it is that we do, it's a matter of maintenance on a daily basis. So thus the daily hustle was created. So I thought about how I could potentially merge the two in a way where it wasn't so taxing that it was taking extra work. So last night mm, coffee does taste good this morning. I was lying in bed and I was prepping the show for today. So Essentially, I go over whatever it is, and obviously, a lot of people that will be tuning into this want to hear about baseball, and sports, and lifestyle, and life optimization, whatever. Look, whether they want to hear it or not, that's what I'm going to fucking do. That's what what I want to talk about. That is the most important thing to me. So I think it's really critical that not only am I providing content of value, but also content that is entertaining myself look if we're not entertaining ourselves whether you're at school or at work whatever it is you're doing with your hobbies then why the fuck are we doing it make sense yeah i thought so so today i just sent out a daily hustle email and go to ericburns.com e-r-i-c-b-y-r-n-e-s.com Put your email address in there. That's how you sign up for the daily hustle electronic communications, Kowalski, like to call it. But I basically shared with everybody the outline of the show. Now, what that means, I you know I don't know. I didn't share with everybody the exact articles, but the overall outline of what we're going to go over through the course of the day and then the other thing and i get so caught up in everything going on and we the show byron john buckwheat good morning to all of you and of course buckwheat happy happy hump day man if you're not joining us live on no filter network every i don't know monday through friday from 8-ish to 9-ish, usually is when I'll start the show. How long the show goes is usually 47 minutes, but this is where you can consume it live. You can interact all of the above as Buckwheat just did shooting a floating hand hang loose emoji. So anyhow, Buckwheat, we still got to get you up here for some golf before the course shuts down. All right, <clears throat> The MLB playoffs started yesterday with the wild card round, and the Minnesota Twinkies broke an 18-game postseason losing streak by taking down the Toronto Blue Jays, three to one. Bruce Bochy and the Rangers took advantage of four Devil Ray errors and wrangled the Tampa Bay Rays. It's funny they came out as the Devil Rays yesterday. I mean, what a peculiar time to do it, of all the times to say, "Hey, we're going to pay homage to." A team that was dog shit the first game of a playoffs is probably not it especially when you're celebrating a franchise that had under a 400 winning percentage so the devil raids when they first came into existence eventually dropped the name devil and i don't know if it was after 10 years or whatever it was but they sucked ass for the first decade plus of the organization and then recently as of late you guys know the Rays have been fucking fantastic they've been really really good so here we are uh let's see here yeah they so they go down to Tampa four airs Yandy Diaz had some trouble over at first base and I think the other big story out of Tampa and I haven't dug too far into it but I heard Scott Van Pelt say it on SportsCenter last night night 10,000 people in attendance that's a problem you just committed to build a brand new i don't know billion two billion dollar stadium in tampa yet you're telling me a perennial winner cannot get More than 19,000 people out to a fucking playoff game? That's a problem. If I'm Tampa, I'm going to step back and rethink what we're doing and why we are doing it, especially when that ballpark is supposed to come in, I believe, the same location or very nearby. Look, Florida... As a retirement community to a lot of people. And unless you are going to play in any sort of downtown stadium, you're going to have to build up this entire community around where the stadium is. I've played in Tampa. The atmosphere is dog shit. It's one of the worst I've ever played. The stadium is horrible. The visiting clubhouse is one of the best I've ever seen. And Guy, I'm not sure if he's still there, but, man, what a visiting clubby. Numero uno, dude. He's that good. So if you're the Rays and you're watching this, fuck that. Like, why? Why are we forcing this when we could go to Montreal? We could go to Nashville. We could go to Salt Lake City. Uh, like, look, you have all these expansion cities that came out of the woodworks when they started hearing about the A's, and plus Rob Manfred talked about expanding with two more MLB teams. I'm not doing it. I'm really not. I have no interest in staying in a place that is going to draw 19,000 fucking people for a playoff game. And you can make all the excuses in the world because it was middle of the day and it was a Monday. And yeah, Dude, save that shit. This is an incredibly entertaining team. This is a team that won 99 games this year. And you can't hit 20,000? I was a little worried about what would show up in Arizona. And I think it's just a three-game series in Milwaukee. But if this was in Arizona, now I say that But I also did see, as the Diamondbacks had a chance to clinch and they were playing the Houston Astros, a chase field, or whatever the fuck they're calling it these days, almost packed. And that's a big stadium, too. So, I just truly believe, and in Arizona, look, the Diamondbacks are everybody's second favorite team. That's, unfortunately... That's always been the case. Now, I think as generations go, there's going to be more people that have the Diamondbacks as their number one team. But I'll just use Kowalski as the perfect example. Grew up in Arizona. His dad grew up in Arizona. But his grandfather grew up in Chicago. And so when his father got to Arizona. And he explained this to me brilliantly one day. There wasn't even a Diamondbacks team. So he rooted for the Cubs and the Cubs had spring training there. So think about all the connections that the people of Arizona would have to these spring training teams that come in. Well, then the other thing about the Cubs is that they played on WGN. So they were able to watch the Cubs growing up. So then a lot of times the father passes on the love for the team to the children. Well, all the Kowalskis latched onto the Cubs. Well, in the midst of all this, and Kowalski growing up, the Arizona Diamondbacks came to town. Was it 1998? I believe. And then in 2001, they go to the World Series. Now, it hasn't been this perfect linear... uh, whatever you want to call it, to the moon. Now, we've had other, Diamondbacks had other good years, including the 2017 that I was on. I know in 2010 they went to the playoffs. I believe it was 2017 as well. But it's through those experiences that you get to build this fan base, especially for teams that haven't been around for 100-plus years. But the Rays, in my opinion, have been around long enough. And they've won enough. And if the city of Tampa, St. Pete, combine those two, can't get behind them in a playoff push like this, my advice to the Rays, get the fuck out of town. It's that simple. Uh, Speaking of the underdog D-backs, one of the most electric teams in the playoffs Had a brew fest in Milwaukee sucking down the brew crew 6-3. And the Phillies had no problem fishing the Marlins 4-1. All eight teams back at it today. The second game of the best of three series starting at noon Pacific time. In other life-optimizing news, we take a look at the detrimental effects of sitting. We explore the new proper phone etiquette. And a bear attacked a couple in Montana. What happened to the couple, but most importantly, what happened to the bear? The Daily Hustle quote of the day, someday you will be dead, but the good news is you're not dead yet. So how will you spend this day, this life? That is a question you can answer. That's something in your control, the Daily Stoic. Our friend Ryan Holiday, good friend of the program. Daily Hustle translation to all this, our impermanence is real. Each day is a gift and tomorrow is not guaranteed. Stay humble, be grateful, and don't waste a single fucking minute. The WTF fact of the day, there's actually a word for someone giving an opinion on something they know nothing about. An ultra-crepidarian is someone who voices thoughts beyond their expertise. On that note, don't be an ultra-crepidarian. It's impossible to learn what you think you already know. I showed this to my wife, Tara, before I came up here. And I'm like, hey, look, this is what I'm doing with the Daily Hustle today. I'm sending it out and kind of like my, you know, the show outline, script, whatever – and so she was going through it. And the one comment that she had on any of it was, Are you sure it's not ultra crapidarian? And I thought she was being serious. I'm like, No, nah, I'm pretty sure it's like crapidarian. And I rechecked the spelling two or three different times. Why? And then it was like, Ding, 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 ding. Ultra crapidarian. Yes. Uh, the trivia of the day here. Rookie Royce Lewis, former number one pick of the Minnesota Twinkies, hit two homers yesterday for the Minnesota Twins. There are only 10 players who have hit a record three home runs in one playoff game. But who is the only player that did it twice? The answer Babe Ruth. There was also another trivia. I should have changed it. But I saw that yesterday Royce Lewis became the third player in postseason history to Homer in his first two at-bats. One of the other players played a significant role in yesterday's playoffs, as a matter of fact. And that was Evan Longoria making a sick... I don't know, diving stab or whatever you want to call it, but it's a really nice play over at third base. And it was funny, because I didn't even know Evan Longoria still played baseball. No clue. I thought I remembered him once or twice from the Diamondbacks this year and being like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's 38 now. And he's coming to the end of his rope here. But he looks good. I took good at bats. I think he could get it going a little bit early. He has this little load. To looked a little late, hit a nice line drive to right field. But this is a guy with massive postseason experience. Torrey Lavello went to him uh, yesterday, which was huge. So then I uh, wrote a little script in here. that says, to join the Daily Hustle Live Interactive Life Optimization Podcast. Click link below or check out later in the day on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you may consume this podcasting glory. So if you are listening on Apple... You are listening on Spotify. appreciate a review. If uh, you're feeling generous and want to float out the five stars, we very much appreciate it. All right, let's get going here with the don't sit. Now, we've heard this for a number of years. You've heard that, like, literally, it says sitting is the new obesity. All sorts of really bad shit about it. There was an article the other day that, Further explained it. It's saying sitting all day increases dementia risk, even if you exercise. So exercise does not eliminate you from this risk. And news that we shouldn't take sitting down, a study published in JAMA. I don't know what that is. But it finds that people who stay seated for long hours at work and home are at much higher risk of developing dementia. Huh. The negative effects of extended sitting can be so strong, researchers found, that even people who exercise on a regular basis face higher risk if they sit for much of the day. The study, which involved 49,841 men and women aged 60 or older, supports the idea that more time spent sedentary behaviors increases one's risk of dementia. So look, I mean, obviously I'm standing here, right? Well, you guys don't know this. There you go. Standing. The reason why I stand is because, well, yes, the ADHD is real, but it allows me to stay focused and it puts me in this spot where the blood's flowing. And that's probably why you see the movement too. And I apologize uh, because I do understand that it could be distracting, but there's no question in my mind. I've tried to explain this to my kids, like get up, move, go. When I, and it's, it's so funny because when I used to do radio interviews, even when I played, I would put the earphones in, you know, whatever, whatever, even holding the phone back in the day, I mean, who holds a phone anymore? Now, I do have a phone interview coming up, by the way, with Jim Rome uh, about nine thirty here this morning. So check that out if you get a chance. As soon as I get off this, I'll be going straight there. But I never noticed it. But I would stand up. I didn't notice. But I stand up. I walk around. I walk around. I walk around. Well, there's literally something to it. Listen to your body. Your body's going to tell you what works and what doesn't work. And for me, in order for my brain to function properly, and this ties into dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever, like you, we want to constantly be sending that blood flow to the brain and keeping us as fresh as possible so long as we're still here. We're all going to die. We're just not dead yet. We want to make sure we're able to live a good life. This goes back to the daily stoic quote of the day. All right, so it says, how much do people sit so far or so for the new study scientists at the University of Southern California and other universities sought objective measures of sitting and found it in the UK Biobank, a large repository of data about the lives, health, and deaths of hundreds of thousands of British men and women. Many of the Biobank participants wore a sophisticated activity tractor for a week after joining the study to minutely record their movements and stillness throughout the day, minutely record. Or could I say minutely? Yeah, whatever, who cares? The scientists pulled records for almost 50,000 of these men and women aged 60 or older who did not have dementia when they joined the study. With the help of artificial intelligence algorithms that could interpret the tracker readouts The scientists identified every minute during the day when people were moving or sedentary, meaning they were sitting or lying down but not sleeping. 10 hours of sitting, that's the number, folks, raises brain risk. They checked people's medical status for the next seven years or so, looking for hospital or death records detailing a dementia diagnosis of any kind. Finally, they cross-checked sitting habits and brain health and they found strong correlations. That's it. That's all you guys need to fucking know. Simple as that. Get your ass up. Stay moving. Do not sit. All right. Proper phone etiquette. I've had this article in the hopper, like ready to talk about for probably a a week or so. And finally, just getting to it now. The new phone call etiquette, text first and never leave a voicemail. I never leave a voicemail. I don't, never. As soon as, so I'll call. I don't always text first. I'll call if I don't get an answer, I immediately will write a text typically outlining what it is that I wanted to talk about. Maybe just give me a call if it's too long or whatever else. But I'm also typically calling when I feel like it would be more efficient and effective with my time to be able to translate whatever message or information I had for that person. I also think that calling, uh, I don't know, a couple, three, four, five times a day, we need that. The sitting in front of our phones like that, 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 that shit gets old, man. We're meant to have conversations, social interaction, all of it. So it says here, not surprisingly, how we make calls has changed drastically alongside advances in technology. Now people have conversations in public on their smartwatches. See voice mails transcribed the real time and dial internationally midday without stressing about the cost, the phone norms. Also change quickly, causing some people to feel left behind or confused. The unwritten rules of chatting on the phone differ widely between generations, leading to misunderstandings and frustration on all sides. We spoke to an etiquette expert and people of all ages about their own phone pet peeves to come up with the following guidance to help everyone navigate phone calls in 2023. So it says, don't leave a voicemail. Voicemails are an artifact of the days before text messages. If you have information that needs to be communicated in an accurate, timely manner, you're far better putting it into writing. I agree with that. Text before calling. Calling someone without warning can feel stressful to the recipient. Instead, text them ahead of time to ask if they're free to talk now. I disagree with it. Just fucking call. If they're free to talk, they'll pick it up. If they're not, they won't. On that note, then if they don't answer, leave a text. It says you don't need to answer the phone. Good, because I don't. The responsibility is only on the person dialing. Just because someone is calling you out of the blue does not mean you have to pick it up. This is where my mom's generation, I think, could probably learn something. But then man, you know what? Maybe we could learn something from them. I don't know. Phone rings on her end, they're picking it up. She picks it up. Hello, Judy Barron's here. Oh, I love you, Mom. Emotions are for voice, facts are for text. Many things don't need to be a phone call at all. When you're trying to decide on the best method of communication, consider what it is you want to say. As soon as it gets tricky, this is my advice to everybody. As soon as it gets tricky, explaining in text, just fucking stop. It's over. Call the person. Unless it's an emergency, please hold. If someone doesn't answer your call, don't hang up and immediately call them again, obviously. If they have not responded to your text about the call they missed, do not send them an email about it. If it's an emergency, clearly state that right away in the text. I've told my mom this too. I'm like, mom, call me. If I see there's a few people in my life when my phone rings, just get an answer. My kids, my wife, my mother. And if you're outside of that group, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. Uh, It says use video voicemails judiciously. Voicemails are dead. Long live the video voicemail. Apple recently introduced a new feature feature And it's iOS 17 update that lets you leave a video message when someone doesn't answer your FaceTime call. So if I want to, I'm much more apt to pick up a FaceTime call than I am a video call, or excuse me, a regular phone call. And I think I know the reason why. There's just more fucking curiosity there, right? Kowalski, FaceTime, ah, man. Where is he? like he's calling for a reason what the what's he gonna show me i know that's the case there's gonna he's facetiming for a reason and it's not just for me to see his face so i 100 i am more likely to pick up a facetime than i am a regular phone call it says don't use speakerphone in public totally agree with this while many people myself including Love eavesdropping on strangers gossip. It's generally considered bad form to use speakerphone in public. I just think it depends where you are. A lot of times, I don't hold the phone in my ear. I'm done with that. So I'll use speakerphone in public, but I'll walk off into a corner so no one else is hearing it. So you don't want to have, even if you're the guy with the earbuds, you're like, Oh, yeah, Susie, this or that. Shut the fuck up. I don't need to hear this conversation. So, yes, don't use speakerphone. But going beyond that, like, don't have these blatant one-sided conversations in a public space, especially when there's not a lot of noise. If we're in a huge public setting, there's noise everywhere, and some guy's having a conversation here, no big deal. But if you're, I don't know, sitting in a coffee shop and like, oh, yeah, Bob, sure, man, that pickleball game yesterday was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she has dropped shots, and I, you know, I thought I had him on the backhand right there, but you know, it didn't happen, so got that 4-5 game coming up down over here at the rec center. I, I, I'm a, I don't know. I, I'll talk to Mary and Susie and see if they can show up for it, but definitely time to step my game up. I don't know. Whatever. You guys get the point. Don't be that dude. Start screening calls again. Apple also added a new call screening feature in iOS 17 that will transcribe a voicemail in real time. Meaning that you can decide while they're talking to answer the phone. Ooh. Remember that back in the day? Nobody fucking gets that. Not unless you were born before 1976 where someone's leaving a voicemail. And it's like, Bernsie, Kavanaugh, what's up, man? Hey, we're going down, me and my brother, John and Bob. We need a fourth for the tackle football game we're about to play. Boom, Joe, what's up, man? Where are you guys playing? When are you playing? All right, cool, see you there. And I might have been playing video games or something before that. Tech Mobile, who knows? But that's that was the idea. So now this is coming back. Ooh, interesting one. Uh, don't stop talking on the phone. Yep, phone calls aren't dead. While while hopping on the phone may be less common or involve more planning than it used to, it's still a wonderful way to communicate. Talking to a person in real time can strengthen relationships, improve mental health, and lessen loneliness. I could not agree with that more. Okay, here, let me check because I do have this Rome thing coming up. So, nine thirty eight call time. So I'll take this to like nine thirty six. We got about twelve more minutes. We could go from there. I have an actual number to call in for Romy this morning. All right, taking a look at the games yesterday. Just recapping them uh, for everybody. MLB Wild Card Day, Day One takeaways. Let's start with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. On paper, the Marlins-Phillies was the biggest matchup of the four wildcard series, and that's how game one played out with Zach Wheeler taking a shutout into the seventh of the Phillies, knocking around Jesus Lizardo. Five of their eight hits off him in his four innings of work were at 104 miles per hour or higher. Look, Jesus Lizardo is not a fucking ace. I, I, he's a good pitcher. I like Lazardo. I like him with the A's. Like, that's fine. But is he an ace? Is he a number one? Is he the guy that I'm going to put up against a Zach Wheeler? I don't I don't know. No. I'm not overly optimistic on him. I like him, but I don't love him. So I, I don't necessarily think this was this crazy killer matchup that everybody thought it was. The uh, Jose... Alvarado, by the way, came in and threw from another planet, a 94-mile-per-hour cutter to Yuli Gurriel to strike him out to end the threat. If you guys saw this last night, and I got to watch Alvarado a lot in last year's postseason, dude, he throws a fucking drop ball. Like, the ball's coming in. It just goes, and, yeah, it might have some cut to it, but the cut is minimal. It's just how much the ball drops down. It's like a legitimate like cut sinker. So it's a very unique pitch that I think will really help the Philadelphia Phillies throughout the entire postseason if he comes in and they're facing teams that maybe haven't seen him as much. The Phillies bullpen apparently is better this year than it was last year. And that's saying a lot because last year they did throw well down the stretch. This would allow them to get into the – World Series. But uh, the one thing here to know for game two after the Phillies 4 1 victory yesterday it says last postseason, the Phillies rode the 1 2 punch of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola deep in October. Wheeler did his part in game one on Tuesday night, but Nola has not been the same pitcher as he was a year ago. His regular season ERA this season, 4.46, it was 3.25 last season whether nola can find that playoff touch again will be a big part in determining how far the phillies go this month look we talked about that with the giants down the stretch is that you have to have the one-two punch but even beyond that i think for the postseason you got to have like a one two three so aaron nola has got to be the aaron nola that we all have grown to know and love if the phillies want to be successful in the postseason you have to have multiple charges and what it does is saves the bullpen because obviously the formula is go five innings turn over the bullpen but if you're going three innings and having to turn over the bullpen then before you know it the bullpen is completely fucking taxed and you are done Arizona Diamondbacks by the way 6-3 winners over the Milwaukee Brewers if you don't think the Diamondbacks are for real wake the fuck up Corbin Carroll is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. There's no doubt in my mind he's a top 10 player in all of baseball right now. Cattell Marte, after getting eaten up with cutters on the inside part of the plate in his first at-bat, came back and ambushed Corbin Burns in his second at-bat. Carroll and Cattell Marte go back-to-back in their 2nd abs. Corbin Carroll was on four times. The dude is a stud the diamondbacks yesterday threw a guy that i almost felt like they were conceding the game and they weren't willing to blow their bullpen either because they stuck with him. well fat is his name p f a a d t i don't know if i'm saying it right or not that's a cool spelling though i think it's kind of a cool name too so the diamondbacks were playing with the house's money yesterday because now they have Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly lined up for the next two days. They're going to win this series. I'd be shocked now at this point if the Brewers win the series. And the Diamondbacks came into this thing as underdogs. The game the Brewers had to get was yesterday. Now, look, Craig Council, good buddy of mine. I don't have this really crazy, strong reading interest just because I. If look, Council wins stoked for him the diamondbacks though as far as a team is concerned this is a fun fucking team this is a team that is fun to root for so uh the one thing here that you got to know for game two it says taking the opener on the road was always nice but the d-backs case winning game one sets them up especially well for the rest of the series now arizona hands the ball to gallon in game two with kelly waiting if needed in game three against a Brewers team. That is without an injured Brandon Woodruff. Now, Woodruff and Burns were the one-two punch. Woodruff, unfortunately, got hurt. And he was throwing the ball really, really well. So, on to the Minnesota Twins. The Twinkies breaking 18-game postseason losing streak. It's hard to fathom that it's even fucking possible. 18 games. This goes all the way back to 2004. The last series they won. I figured out was in 2002, and I think that was against us in the ALDS, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, because we played the Red Sox in 03. Yeah, it was us. That was the last time they've won a series. So they're looking to finish off the Toronto Blue Jays today. Royce Lewis, the former number one draft pick, was fantastic yesterday. He had two homers in his first two at bats. I mentioned that at the top of the show. The kid's a fucking stud. Junipero, Sarah High School out of Southern California. Uh, you got the Minnesota twins. Uh, Joe's calling me right now. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh does he not tune into the Daily Hustle here? Yeah. Giuseppe Pepe Manueli, I'm live on the Daily Hustle, man. How can I help you? You're live on the Daily Hustle. Nice. Uh, call me later, bro. Yeah, you're oh, what i thought you did the show already. No, your watch is talking into the microphone though. So say good morning to the Daily Hustlers. Okay. Good morning, DHers. Hope you're having a wonderful day. All right, but I, I got Jim Rome in like five minutes, so I'll call you after that. All right. Beautiful weather half a day today, by the way. Nice. One more thing, Joe. Okay. Shut up. Uh. All right. So Minnesota, this is what you got to know for game two. They're going to face Jose Barrios. Who spent his first six years of his career with Minnesota before being dealt to the Blue Jays at the 2021 trade deadline? Burials faces a tough task in his return to Target Field with All-Star Sonny Gray set to take the mound for the Twins. The Rangers 4-2 winner, or excuse me, 4-0 winners over Tampa. The Rays made four errors. They looked like shit. Evan Carter was a big story there. Two for two, two doubles. This kid's a fucking stud. Uh, he's unbelievable. I did a whole. No filter network thing on Evan Carter. I don't know. It was was down the stretch. The the guy's really good. He had over 1,000 OPS in the 23 regular season games that he played. Had a feeling he was going to make an impact in the postseason, and sure enough, he did. Uh, People question whether or not Kevin Cash left in Tyler Glassdale too long, but what does it matter? You scored zero runs. It doesn't. Trust me. Uh, Zach Eflin is going to be on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, 11-4 at home, 3-3 ERA. 10.4 strikeouts per night innings. I don't know. I I just feel like the Rays should have to forfeit the game if they can't get 20,000 in the drop. And I'm very serious about that. All right. A few other things to go over. Oh, the one. I I cannot miss this. I apologize. A bear attacks a couple in Montana. This is Wilderness Wednesday here at No Filter Network. The bear attacks a 73-year-old woman. Walking in Montana as her husband then used bear spray to rescue her. The victim was on National Forest land with her husband and their dog when the bear emerged from the thick brush and attacked her on Sunday afternoon. After the man deployed the bear spray, the animal retreated from their location along the banks of Trail Creek and a few miles west of North Fork Road. And the couple returned to their car where they were able to call emergency services. Montana FWP said the woman was transported by alert air ambulance to Logan Health Medical Center in Kalispell, Montana. Huh. Uh, Quote, this is a tragic incident in Parks Canada wishes to express. Oh, no, this was another one. It said Sunday's incident comes on the heels of a deadly grizzly bear attack in Canada's Banff national park now it says here a couple and their dog were killed in the deer red river valley last week shortly before the bear was euthanized for displaying aggressive behavior so that happened last week it was shortly before the the couple was killed before huh yikes it's really just a reason why we're seeing more attacks they're saying more people are going outside. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's more people in the water. That's why they say there's more shark attacks. Is it, though? Is that really the reason? It says neither the couple nor their dogs were injured. Wait, hold on to say. Oh, there was another one. In August, a Montana man shot and killed a bear after the animal broke into his home early in the morning in the base of bear two pounds okay so this brings up what do you do with the bears like i mean i, I i'm sleeping there's a bear in my kitchen <sighs> are you pulling out the shotgun we've had a bear break into the house i don't know i'm not sure if i am all right of all the shows that was one of them we got to cut this one short i apologize just a few minutes and i have jim rome right now But we will be back on with the Daily Hustle tomorrow morning. Please, if you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a review. And uh, we appreciate it. As far as everybody else in the audience, including you, Buckwheat, happy hump day, dude. Of all the shows, that was certainly one of them.